Hello and welcome on The Barricades. This is a podcast produced by Eastern European journalists and academics and this is your host, Maria Cernat, and with me, as usual, the co-host Bojan Stanislavski. Thank you for being here with us. Hello there. So, the migrant crisis in your country escalates. More than 12,000 soldiers and thousands of police officers are being deployed currently by the Polish authorities across the border with Belarus. They declared the Polish authorities, that is, state of emergency across the border, and that prevents journalists and activists from reaching the area and report on this terrible migrant crisis. But there are activists and journalists that defy the Polish authorities and try to offer support to the migrants since these people are pushed back and forth by the Belarus and Polish authorities and basically forced to spend um, all their time and live in the woods, the woods that separates Poland from Belarus, that is. And one of these journalists is Ruth Kulkiewicz Grokolska, and she is working for the Polish platform Strike. And she recently had the audacity to defy the Polish authorities to go to the border and see what's going on to these people. And she wrote an extensive piece for Strike that is a very interesting and very well-documented piece of journalism, an article that is posted also on the barricade, and it was translated into Romanian and Bulgarian. And she's going to discuss uh, the recent situation and the developments uh, there at the Polish border and what's going on with the migrants and um, the Polish authorities. Thank you for being here with us, Ruth. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. So first things first, I think in Romania, since nobody's talking, I told you at the beginning that I will play the role of the ignorant Romanian that is not very far from the truth because I know only what's being written in the press. And I would like you, if you want, to share basic information with us on recent developments um, regarding the migrant crisis. Okay, Uh, so as we said at the beginning, uh, it's getting worse and worse, I think, because there's uh, more and more people coming. Now, basically, there are uh, Iraqi courts. And uh, the, I think the, the, the big issue is that the journalists are forbidden to, to cross the zone and to really see what's happening. Because now we have only the propaganda, the news, that the government is giving us and some stuff, the videos from um, border guards. So it's really difficult to really know what's happening in there. Uh, I think on Monday uh, started a really big migration and um, for example, the government propaganda said that it will be a uh, they will try to came to Poland by force, but we find out in the, some Arabic and Kurdish media and, and migrants that the plan was to make a demonstration to show 
how big is the crisis and they have no plan to to force the border but like most of people don't know it because there's a huge disinformation also in the kurdish and arabic uh, news because for example i read the um, statement of uh, one of the journalists he was posting uh, videos live videos from the uh, border and he wrote down that people go don't worry on the polish side there is waiting help and food which is actually not true and they're forcing people with this fake news they're um, maybe giving people some hope some totally fake hope uh and uh, and it's really crazy because i didn't break the law when i was there i was just outside the zone and in the villages nearby and the situation is it's really it's really bad the Pol polish government is not talking to belarus at all no diplomatic talks are taking place so it's really 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 scary and it's hard to know what's what's going on really well i think from what you're saying one of the biggest problem here is disinformation uh and uh, while claiming that there are uh, nation states such as russia that uh, amplify disinformation the polish authorities deny journalists access there so boyan uh, from what you know because i think it's very important it's really important what we are doing here i think we are among the very few media that got people there and try to discuss this in a more rational manner not us versus them so what are the recent developments and why do you think they they want to keep journalists out well it's obvious why they want to keep journalists out it's uh well the reference i could make is to, to the vietnam war of course i mean the situation on the border is nothing like the vietnam war but uh the reference is important because uh to a large extent the vietnam war was lost because journalists were there and they were allowed to do their job and while they were showing the the the, the horrendous uh uh inferno that was uh you know inflicted by the americans on the vietnamese soil and and you know all the deaths all the you know violence the uh, the destruction the destitution all all of those things then obviously it provoked a certain reaction on the part uh, on the part of the american people uh, and finally you know certain uh processes took place and the american troops had to be withdrawn in a very uh humiliating manner so uh, this is uh, this is why the Polish authorities do not let uh, any journalists there, uh, because if if the journalists would have actually been able to do their job, then we would see that the entire propaganda uh, the acrobatics on the part of the Polish government and to a large extent on the part of the, the European Union are just pure nonsense. I mean, to claim. Uh, that the Polish border guards, the Polish military, the Polish police, the Polish military police, and all other uh, you know uniformed services that were sent there, 
are are doing some kind of major job of defending the fatherland and defending the border and doing you know all those sacred things this is a complete madness i mean those people are against are up against a group of maybe 4000 maybe 5000 some reports say 10000 i don't know i don't know i mean there's no way to confirm the exact number but even let's assume it's 10000 so what i mean those people are helpless those people are armless those people or, or uh, you know, defenseless. The only weapon that they might have is like a large stick picked up somewhere in the woods. Or I don't know, I've seen one person with a shovel trying to, you know, uh, remove defenses and stuff like that. And that was in the footage shown by the Polish, uh, by the Polish border guard, or, I don't know, by the Polish defense ministry. So uh, look, this is a huge humbug. I mean, this is an absolutely uh, uh, crazy and, and, and meaningless, baseless, pointless propaganda exercise uh, if we are, of course, to consider the, the conditions on the border. I mean, this, this makes no sense. And on top of everything, I heard yesterday or uh, the day before yesterday that the Polish uh, government is deploying tanks to the border, which is something absolutely, you know, insane. I mean, there is not a pinch of, of, of rational thinking to that. I don't know what they're going to do with those tanks. The only thing that they were able to do so far with this is to enrage Russia and to enrage uh, Belarus, of course, but Russia, because Russia has deployed now as a response to the Polish government, NATO government, deploying a large uh, and, and heavy armory to the border, they have deployed their two bombers there, 260, that were cruising around, uh, over the Polish-Belarusian border over the last, I think, 48 or 72 hours or something like that. So, you know, this, everything that the Polish government is doing, except for the, you know, uh, uh, for the morally impermissible treatment of all those people, uh, it's 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 also doing a very bad political. What it's making is making a very bad political choice with very bad, severe consequences for the Polish uh, position, geopolitically, politically, from whatever from wherever you want to look at it. The Polish government is exercising idiotic and absolutely baseless and meaningless violence against a group of people who have no food, who are starving, who have very you know, very limited access to water and, and all, let alone hygiene, medical care uh, and, and shelter, right? And for all the money that have been invested so far in keeping uh, the, the, those 15,000 or 12,000 troops uh, out there, for all those money, we could have easily provided uh, some kind of mobile uh, units where people would uh, be able to be received, their asylum uh, applications would could be received there, they would be able to take uh, a shower, their injuries would be uh, treated, uh, and any other problems could be addressed. And again, please, we're talking about a group of maybe four, maybe five, maybe, you know, the most liberal figures, 10,000 people. And on the other side, we keep hearing about how this is a hybrid war and how this is an attempt to destabilize Europe and to destabilize the European Union and Poland. And I'm sorry, but if Poland and the European Union are so fragile, fragile that 4,000 people on the border could destabilize that and that our response as Europeans, as the Polish, has to be 15,000 armed and masked people harassing those that have already been harassed by the fact, by the conditions that they are in, this for me is morally and politically uh, absolutely uh, unacceptable. 
Yes, I would say so. But I want to go to uh, Ruth now and I want to ask her what is her, her general opinion uh, and what prompted her to, to go there? I mean, weren't you afraid? Not by the uh, migrants, of course, but the Polish authorities, because usually these people in uniform and especially in a state of emergency, um, they have basically a white check for abuse and violence. Um, um, how to say that? Yes, I was I was afraid um, uh, of the Polish authorities and the police and the army, which is plenty uh, in the area. Uh, but as I said, I thought I'm a journalist, so I just need to be there. But the first time I came there. I really feel something, it was, there is something scary in the air, like lots of police. It was the, um, during all my life, I never seen this amount of police. I have a lot of controls. They have to, they open my car, open my, open the window. They were checking uh, everything in the car. So I feel like terrified. And also I did not, didn't know what to tell them because somebody told me, don't tell them that you're a journalist. And I was like, really, really scared. Also, I went there alone. Uh, I, I was going to go with the activists uh, to the woods to, to, to find there some people to give them help. I was just a journalist, so I was like doing nothing, just looking at it. But, uh, it was really hard to to reach them because of the uh, of the forbidden zone and i have to you know drive through the forest and they were stopping me the police and the border guards were stopping me and said no way you cannot cross you have to go a different way or better go home mm, so it was kind of scary and i think but the the, the most the biggest impression uh, uh, made on me this this meetings when you meet people in the forest sitting on the ground in the night and it's just it's absurd to meet people in these circumstances it's it's absurd it's it's there's no humanity no i don't know uh for me it was freaking this first meeting uh, i went to the forest we we were looking for the group of five men this you know famous young strong men which europe is so scared of and we we're going about two hours through the woods and it was crazy it was really hard we were going through the trees and i was a little bit exhausted and scared and also wet because there are lots of swamps in there and and finally we met them they were sitting on the ground they were they were dirty they were sad and I was like hopeless. My, 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 my thought was, okay, guys, just stand up. Let's go to have a dinner. We'll show you where the bus is, but it's forbidden. Yeah. Because it will be, we can get charges as a human traffic. Mm, like really something crazy is going on there. I did not cross the, the zone because uh, of course it's forbidden. I can get the charges, but I think that I don't know if I can say this, but I think we have to start 
cross the zone and really go there to do our jobs as a journalist or or uh, activist to help really i think i can handle the charges i don't know you can just cut it off but uh, it's some people compare the situation to world war ii and for example the, the, the to the polish history like shoah like uh, holocaust and and it's for me it's still not comparable and is standing with a rifle Mm, if you help the refugees, we will shoot you. No, there is no, it's still not the same situation. So I think we need a little bit more courage and just do our jobs and try to help and try to report. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's that's very sad. And I think this is one of the very few situations where men are disadvantaged because if you're a young man, there's a whole lot more, a lot of stigma uh, and a lot of labels just put on your forehand and they are there to stay. You're a potential rapist, you're a potential criminal. But I want to ask you, do you think the women and children are treated the same? Because I saw there were um, uh, discussions around the family that was found in the woods. Uh if they're treated the same way by the uh, by the, uh, by the uh, Polish, uh, police and border guards. Yes, I think yes. Uh, for example, um, they are putting the like, whole families to a big truck and with the kids uh, and just put them into the forest. So they treat them uh, the same way like the like men. There are many stories uh, about how, how they hurt people. Uh, for example, a woman who was thrown over the fence and she lost her baby. So, yeah, there is no difference, I think. Um, yeah, perhaps I'd like to add one thing here. Sorry for interjecting, please, please but do. I just came uh, came across while uh, Ruth was discussing the was answering your question. I came across this thing. Uh, it's a report on the CNN's website, <laughs> CNN out of all of them, uh, where uh, they bring up a case of one uh, Syrian asylum seeker. And uh, but let me just quote one paragraph here. One Syrian asylum seeker who recently arrived in Poland after his third attempt at crossing the border from Belarus told CNN that on arriving at the border, guards caught him and three others in his group. He was beaten up subsequently and suffered fine uh, facial injuries a broken nose and bruised ribs so uh, that's the uh, uh, treatment that the migrants receive by the Bo polish border guards you know, by the police by the military and the military police and whatever other services there uh, and this was reported by the cnn okay not uh, rt america or rt europe or whatever uh, not by Sputnik, it, it was reported in the CNN. So I would say that if CNN is already uh, compelled to produce such reports, then the situation is much more dire, for sure, than uh, they describe. And uh, it, that, that just speaks to the question of misinformation that you referred to in the beginning of the program, Maria. And by the way, I think it makes sense to point out that... <laughs> It's. I'm sorry. I mean, it's 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 laugh. Well, I'm laughing because it's on one hand laughable, on the other hand, it's scary. 
but you know, those people, they speak so much about misinformation and how, you know, how we should avoid misinformation because that's one of the weapons that the Lukashenko's regime, quote unquote, is using on us to persuade us to, you know, to brainwash us to do all kinds of evil things to our uh, consciousness. And yet, you know, those people have just actually banned journalism. I mean, in this area, of course, they're, I mean, they have banned journalism. And on the other hand, they are complaining about misinformation uh, spread uh, by Lukashenko. And now if you're a journalist and if you want to do your job, then you have the two choices. One that was indicated by Rut, uh, that, you know, just go ahead, break the law, go to the, uh, to the zone, into the zone, uh, make a report, go back and, you know, publish it, right? That's, uh, that's one thing you can do. But second thing that you can do is you can just apply for a journalistic visa to Belarus and just go and report from the other end because uh, there is no extraordinary, uh, there is no extraordinary, uh, sorry, not extraordinary, what is it called? Emergency state uh, on the Belarusian side. So, uh, Would and there you are many. With that, Ruth, because sorry, I, sorry, I just want to, I just want to finish my thought is that there are many journalists reporting from there. And uh, of course, they are carefully selected. So now the situation is such that you have basically uh, narratives which are favorable for Lukashenko, who is supposed to be this devil and, you know, the worst man in the world and so on and so forth. Uh, basically, they are available for the public opinion because no one's operating journalistically on the Polish side. So would you say that's a feasible plan or that Dukashenko would carefully select only the ones that would portray him in a positive light? Uh, first of all, mm, I did not break the law. I want to, but I did not. Yeah. Uh, I was really close to breaking the law and to entering the zone, but it didn't happen because the police just stopped me. But uh, I was asking some some my Belarusian friends, if it's really possible, because it was my thought too, to get a visa and go to Belarus to to enter there and, and see what's happening. But she told me that it's uh, not a good idea and it's pre and it's impossible for foreign journalists. I don't know, maybe you have some different... Uh, I don't I don't have any information. I only saw journalists reporting from there. So that's, that's yeah, okay. So, so that, like, I don't want to dispute that. Yeah. This is what you said, that maybe there uh, selected by Lukashenko to to say what they have to say but when I was asking my friend who escaped Belarus and she's now in Poland uh, she said it's it's no way and she's totally told me not to do because if you if you will go there as a journalist they will find something for you and they will lock you down I don't know this is what I heard yeah, so I decided be. for now not to go to Belarus and stay in Poland yeah, I think that might be especially difficult for Polish people to, you know, Polish journalists to obtain. And These I think days. it could be dangerous for Polish uh, for Polish journalists because, uh, well, part of the whole <laughs> endeavor is to actually, uh, you know, take a revenge on Poland, right? So I, I, I guess if I were to advise anyone, then I would advise them as your friend against going to Belarus as a Polish uh, journalist. But uh, <coughs> I have no concrete and specific information. I only have, you know, superficial observations and, and I saw people reporting and, and that's it. But uh, whether they were selected or whether they were allowed to do freely their job, I have no idea. So, But uh, how does uh, 
experience that was uh, quite intense changed your perspective Ruth, on the whole situation. Um, did you go there with some ideas about what you were going to find and that was completely changed about the reality on the ground? Mm, actually, uh, I was surprised of my own reaction to things I saw because as I said before, meeting people in these circumstances is it was for me it was uh, it was heartbreaking. I don't know how to uh, which words I should use, but I think it was heartbreaking. Um, and uh, and I really think that media should go there and and I have to go there again and again and to report what's going on because uh, this pushback procedure is very common and, but we cannot see how they are really do it because um, people are uh, crossing the border they're crossing from the Belarus to Poland forced by Belarusian uh, border guards they go they make a big journey through the woods and they go out outside the zone and this is the place where journalists can go and activists can help them but the activists have lots hundreds of uh, of help requests and they can't go there uh, for example grupa granica uh, this is a big uh, uh, human rights and activist organization they uh, yesterday they have a press conference and they said that during uh, from the beginning of the cri migrant crisis they have about 3000 of help requests and during november they have nearly 1000 uh, and you know it's a they are making a great job they are giving help to certain people in these woods but it's just, uh, you know, it's a little piece. It's not solving the problem at all. To, of course, it really matters to give someone food, to give someone dry socks, to give someone new shoes. But we totally need right now a solution because how long it, the situation will last. Exactly. And actually, I have no idea. I have no idea what to do because on the- Oh, I have an idea. Okay, I have let's go idea. for it. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I just, I just want to say... Just a second, because right. I, I just wanted to, to ask you, because this is the, 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 the thing here. The, how do you solve this? Because I saw from what you told me and from what I read that the Polish politicians, left and right, and left, unfortunately, are perfect in stating the obvious. Lukashenko is a terrible person. But... Besides stating the obvious, how are we going to do, deal with the situation created by this person? And how is this stating the obvious going to help in a situation like this? How is this virtue signaling saying, oh, I am in the European Union and, uh, Union and I uphold the European values and Lukashenko is a terrible person. Okay, so <laughs> what's next? <laughs> Right. I think this is a very good question, really, because uh, the solution to that crisis, uh, well, apart from what I suggested already, I mean, if 
the Polish authorities had a pinch of brain in their heads, then they would have actually uh, handled it out in a completely different manner. They would have welcomed those people, regardless of whether they are four or five or 10 or 20 or even 40,000, okay? They would have just received them, they would have helped them, and they would have leveraged the, uh, Ger- uh, they would have leveraged Germany or the German government and other Western European governments, uh, you know, demanding solutions in terms of i don't know locating uh, or relocating those migrants whatever like you can you can think of any sort of plan right uh, but in general, you know, for Poland and for the uh, asylum or or, or uh, migration capacity, they pose no they pose no threat or any any kind of I would say even uh, challenge because they don't want to stay in Poland. No one wants to stay in Poland. Okay, they want to go. They want to go to. Uh, oh, maybe some of them do want. I don't know, but majority of them. Uh, want to go to Germany or to the Netherlands or to the countries where uh, the migrant communities are are larger and where they will feel <coughs> safer and where they will feel much more welcomed, okay? At least that's what they think. Now, whether that would be the case is another story. Uh, so, well, since we already haven't done this and we we decided, I mean, the Polish government decided that they're not going to be letting those people in and they're going to keep them there on the border and that they're going to defend the border and so on and so forth. Then, you know, one thing that should be done in order to finally, you know, stabilize at least the situation and and, and create some room for some discussions or for some, some action, for some deliberations on what to do is someone in Poland should have picked up the phone and called Lukashenko and they should have perhaps arranged for a, not necessarily an official but some kind of secret well not secret but some kind of non-unofficial meeting okay where someone would go to Lukashenko and would just explain look we know you're angry with us we understand it uh we cannot handle this okay i mean this pressure is far too much for us it's so not here are some yeah, of course it's not going to happen. But but yeah, like here are some presents. Let's let's make it. Let's cut a deal, right? Of course it's not going to happen. Why is it not going to happen? Because the Polish authorities, uh, they first of all they they despise Lukashenko and they despise Belarus, same as they despise Russia, and they treat they look down on them, and it's just. To you know, they perceive themselves as someone too special to speak to those barbarians, okay, <laughs> like Lukashenko or Putin or something like that. That's that's reason number one. And reason number two is we have had a leak, a continuous leak of emails, okay, from uh, a guy named Michał Dvorczyk, who is one of the most important, maybe even the most important. Uh, advisor of the Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki, and in the leak from this. Uh, week we we learned that the uh, law and justice and the Polish government refers to the migrant crisis as and I quote political gold. Why is it why is it political gold? Because it gives them the opportunity to ramp up all kinds of emotional disbalancing of society mechanisms. Okay, and and to ramp up all kinds of propaganda and beat the drum of racism, war, you know, uh, and 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 all those uh, pathologies, at the expense, of course, of making any kind of real politics. And I have been repeating that for, you know, I mean, my mouth hurt from repeating this. Since 2015, we have hardly had any substantial politics in the Polish politics. What we have are all kinds of propaganda acrobatics and and attempts to disbalance the society, to exploit it emotionally and to disbalance it psychologically. To a large extent, both of those uh, attempts are successful.
And this, what we see right now, is yet another evidence, in my opinion, of this, because the majority of the Polish society keeps supporting the idiotic policies of the Polish government, regardless of the fact that they are absolutely, utterly irrational and hurtful and contradict the Polish interests, however you want to look at them. Yeah, would you want to comment on that, Ruth? Because I think it's terrible what's going on in a way that basically this is a crisis that, uh, I mean, we have a cynical character that is Lukashenko that's using the migrants, but hey, the Polish authorities are no less because this is a perfect opportunity now for them to portray themselves as these heroes defending the sacred land of Poland from the migrants. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you are both right, of course, but there is, for me, one more thing, because Poland is doing a European Union policy, and European Union is clapping hands, and it's saying, well done, good job, thank you, defenders. Uh, and this is it, for, and I, I saw it, and uh, for me, right now, European Union is some kind of empty, some kind of empty, empty quotes. Em it's empty. There's no humanity. Look at the, the same situation is going in Greece. Uh, and for example, I saw it. I remember it very well. Uh, when I was in Hainovka first time, uh, I got the message from the activists. And it was six o'clock in the evening, and I got some dramatic message that let, join join us on the intervention. There are little kids; one kid is dying, and it was like you know, really hard experience. And at the same time, when the little children are freezing in the forest, they started a huge uh, meeting with Donald Tusk. It was a meeting about pro-European Union to embrace the values, to embrace the common, the society, the human rights. And at the same time, when I was driving to the woods to you know, report what's happening there, they are talking about humanity. They are talking yeah. about the human rights. They're waving the European Union flags. And I was like, I'm sorry, but it was, yeah. So this yeah. one thing is the po what Polish government is doing. But uh, it's the European Union's will. Uh, I think two weeks ago, uh, the um, Minister of Foreign Affairs, I think, of Germany, wrote a letter to uh, to Minister Błaszczak, I think, Błaszczak, that uh, and basically he said the Germany said to Poland, "Well done, good job. Uh, we advise you to use Frontex." And uh, and we advise you to make the controls uh, on the Polish and German borders, and we will support you in it. So what we are talking about? Mm. Because it's it's European Union's politics. Well, for the last part of our show, because we are approaching the end, I want. You, it was very nice talking to you. It was quite an honor to uh, find out for Polish journalists with uh, such nuanced ability and um, 
capacity of analyzing events and especially Yuru that had the guts to go there and actually report on the situation. So what, did you, what, what is your advice for the other Polish journalists journalist, since we are in this situation where we are supposed to embrace the European values and everybody says yes to their European values and yet there is so little critical thinking on, you know, this double discourse supporting the European values and at the same time treating those people at the border uh, insanely cruel. So what would be your message? I would like you, I would like to hear from you. My message to journalists, just to go there, just to go there as many times as it's needed and report and even break the law. I don't know, but I think it's necessary. I think it's absolutely necessary to go there and to report and just just do our jobs because something really bad is going on. This is, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. And what do you do, would you recommend, Boyan? Well, uh, the worst thing in the world are, is always the unsolicited advice, I guess. <laughs> But uh, yeah, well, what I would recommend is uh, to approach the whole thing uh, in, in, a, in the most rational possible manner, because we've had enough hype, we've had enough emotions, and we, we have had enough... Uh, you know, lack of balance. I think it's really time to, uh, apart from, of course, exposing the brutal nature of the reaction of the Polish government, I really think we should also try and convey the message that what the Polish government is doing politically is an extremely bad deal. And we're all going to pay for it, except for those people who are already paying, dying there in the woods out of, uh, you know, lack of food because they're freezing and so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah. I, my advice would be definitely to uh, rationally approach the case and to create, uh, you know, create conditions for us to to do that. Uh, but by that, I'm trying to say that that yeah, I mean, Ruth is right. We we just have to go there and we have to make as many reports as possible and we have to, uh, you know, confront this idiotic decision. Okay, of of introducing of outlawing journalism from where journalism should be because this is a humanitarian crisis that should be reported on and there's no reason whatsoever not to report on that neither moral nor political let alone i don't know philosophical so yeah i i definitely agree with ruth so it seems like uh, she had some technical problems and we lost her but uh, luckily we had the chance to discuss the situation and analyze what happened there and her excellent report her brilliant piece on uh, the migrant crisis in Poland uh, I uh, hope you enjoyed our show we try to stay balanced and offer rational analysis of the events uh, be our supporters please go to our page on page patreon slash the barricade and become our supporters because we rely on you thank you so much for watching stay healthy keep fighting and we'll see you all in our next episode thank you